Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast side streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How has your week been? Uh, for the most part, pretty good. Um, been busy. Uh, been playing some D&D. Uh, as you know, yeah, yeah, we played last night. I had a good session, I think. Uh, All things know, considered, it's actually going better than I anticipated. So, Yeah, it's going pretty much as I anticipated, you know. And there's a couple things that we need to tweak and everything, but it's going pretty well overall. Just got to find that groove for party cohesion, and that takes time. Right. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, busy couple of upcoming weeks for me uh got a doctor's appointment tomorrow in abingdon so i have to go to that because i rescheduled it back in february and this is the soonest they could get me in because i had to reschedule it for snow back then and this doctor he's like he's an oncologist you know and that's who prescribes my hormones and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that I was supposed to see him six months ago <laughs> and I have to wait that long, but yeah. got that coming up and then, you know, laser hair removal treatment Monday and then a couple other things next week. So I'm, I'm between playing D and D and playing video games and then all my appointments, I've been pretty busy. How yeah. How about you? Uh, I've been fairly busy. We, uh, I've been playing a lot more Fall Guys this last couple days, the last like three days, because uh, I just had a little bit more time on my plate. But um, prior to that, I, uh, I've been working with my dad trying to get things in order to uh, become a paid caretaker for him. Finally, we have the proper paperwork, we have the proper things like, to to move forward with it. So that'll hopefully be a thing. Um, and uh, uh, spent um, Fourth uh, of July uh, trying to console my dogs since it sounded like World War you know three was going on outside. Oh yeah, I can imagine. My cats, they were just like, yeah, fucking boom, it's fine. <laughs> well, like I was talking to my friend Andy, and he was like, he said that uh, his um, in his county, fireworks are illegal. Oh yeah, um, because uh, 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 there's too much rush in the area, cause a fire. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I forget about it every fucking year, and I do the same thing where I ask him every year, like, "How was your dog last night?" And uh, it's always fine, <laughs> doing all right. Okay, cool. But yeah, our was just like didn't know what to do. Flight or fight was kicked in. Fight or flight was kicked in, and they have nothing to fight, so they they try to flight, and uh, they have nowhere to go, so they just they don't know what the fuck to do. And it's fucking upsetting. I hate fireworks. I mean, when they do. I used to love them when I was younger. Me too. But as I've gotten older, you know, it's just like they're a waste. And, you know, now there's new technologies being developed where they have the silent fireworks 
I'm all for that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, there's like drone-deployed silent fireworks and shit now. Damn. Which is very cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. That was it for my week. There's nothing really spectacular about it. But uh, before we get into our reviews, I always like to do a little bit of good news and a little bit of bad news. Usually the bad news is tied to the same thing, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so as we have stated in the previous episode, how pissed off Maya and I are over this Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. I have been looking for some good news in regarding that, and I did today. Uh, Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina signed an executive order declaring that abortion patients and providers across the state will not be criminalized for providing or receiving necessary reproductive health care. That's marvelous. Fuck yes. Like, I don't know what political affiliation Roy, uh, you know, Roy Cooper is on. I don't know if he's right or left. Don't care. He made the right choice. Mm-hmm. So, kudos. Kudos to him. That's awesome for North Carolinians. North Carolinians? Carolinians. Carolinians. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to see more uh, governors step up. Um, if 80% of the population is against the Supreme Court's decision, then you're making a poor decision by making healthcare illegal. And if you're the type of motherfucker that legit thinks that abortions are just a form of birth control that people can use. A, That's you're dumb. dumb as fucking shit. You're fucking dumb as goddamn dumb. rocks. Uh, secondly, um, uh, tell that to the 10-year-old who has to now carry a child to term because no, abortion is no. legal in her state. She doesn't. She was able to schedule an appointment in Indiana. Good. Okay, I didn't hear about that. That's good. Yes, yes. Her family, uh, they live in Ohio. And Ohio said, oh, this is a wonderful opportunity for you. That's what they told this 10-year-old rape victim who was pregnant. They found out she was six weeks and three days pregnant, and the cutoff is a hard six-week line. And they said, no, this is an opportunity for you. I'm sorry, what? One, it would probably fucking kill her if she had to carry it to term, being 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, But her family... Yeah, her family was able to schedule an appointment with a clinic out of state in Indiana and is having it done this month. So, thankfully, they were able to do that before Indiana meets on the 25th of this month and probably going to impose stricter restrictions on their policies regarding abortion. It's fucked up. I would like to fight the 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 people that told her that in in in, in uh, Ohio, and then um, I hope her rapist gets the absolute worst. Dick cancer. Dick cancer while in jail being Rape. fucking. Oh yeah, we sure. I was I was gonna I was gonna sugarcoat it, but yeah. No. A rapist deserve no mercy. None, none, none. Especially if they're a pedophilic rapist. Mm-hmm. I don't. They don't deserve death. They deserve torture for the rest of their fucking life. Straight up. Yeah. Death is death is an easy way out. Um, anyway, on to the other bad news, because again, this country fucking sucks. Uh so everyone knows about the Highland Park shooting on July 4th. 
The problem is, is that 220 people in the United States of America died of gun violence on July 4th. Yeah, we're going to pause for a second to let that fucking sink in. 220 of all ages. I know one of the victims of this Howland Park shooting wasn't a victim per death uh, directly. But as a two-year-old toddler, two-year-old child who was found roaming in both of his parents. I think it was his, maybe hers. I'm sorry. I don't know for sure. I just uh, know yeah. there's a two-year-old two year orphan who was found wandering around, and it was several hours before they discovered that the, that the child's parents had been slain in that shooting. Yeah. Did you hear about the woman that uh, was with her friend, and her friend got shot directly in the chest and fell to the ground, and she knew that her friend was going to die? Um, but, like, bent down and said, I'm sorry, but I have to run and continue to run and, and live. And then found out her friend died in the hospital. Jesus, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Greatest country on earth, am I right? No, not at all. I'm sorry, but this is a shithole fucking country. It absolutely is. And I, I was fucking, being 100% facetious. I'm not even sugarcoating it at all. Fuck it. I hate it here. I wish I lived in another country and I wish I could afford to move to fucking Canada. I wish I could move to fucking like Finland or some shit. Well, yeah, but Close to they Finland. have, they have very, very strict immigration laws to become a citizen there and to be able to move in places in Norway, Finland, uh, Scandinavia. I've looked into it and I wouldn't qualify because I'm on disability. I wouldn't qualify. I couldn't be a productive member of society. I wouldn't be allowed in. I could vacation there, but that would be it. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, it's, it's fucking annoying. It's, and the same, the same fucking people that are celebrating a 10-year-old have it, like, well, I guess not now, but, like, celebrating this anti, this, this anti-fucking choice, this pro-choice that fucking choice by the, the fucking um, Supreme Court are the same people championing guns. Mm-hmm. That just killed 220 people. You don't care about the sanctity of life. You care about your fucking toys. And that's it. And some misperceived version of the Bible that doesn't exist. Y'all haven't read your fucking Bible. Side note, I know these people were also bitching when the protest broke out on the six Supreme Court justices' lawns. Uh, back in the 90s, the Supreme Court said it was okay for people to protest at abortion clinic workers' homes. So they did this to themselves. No peace. No peace. No, don't give them any. Fucking tailgate on their fucking yard. Like, oh no, all the fucking Zoomers went and, like, I don't know if you heard about this, but they leaked every single person in the Supreme Court's uh, credit card information. 
Mm-hmm. Their like, addresses, their phone numbers, their credit cards, info. Some dude bought like like five thousand dollars worth of Legos on Brett Kavanaugh's card. Nice. I Cutting into his natural lot money. Oh, it's fucking awesome. And like apparently they canceled their cards and then and then got issued new cards, which the young people hacked into and got the numbers again and put them out. So keep it up. Keep doing yep. it. Fuck them. No peace. I, advo- I advocate the doxing of these justices and the fucking identity theft. I advocate it because they're advocating for fucking something much worse. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the reproductive health care of women. So fuck them. Yep. It's six abortions that should have happened that never did. And I don't give a fuck who gets mad that I say that. I don't either. I agree. Well, why don't we get onto the reviews since we could be on this topic for much longer and just get more and more irritated and frustrated. So, um, all right, everybody, let's get onto the fun stuff. Um, we're reviewing four things today. Um, the, uh, uh, Finale of Stranger Things, uh, season four. Um, was it Players I had second? No, oh, the boys. The boys. So the boys episode seven. I don't have it written like I told you on my phone here, but boys episode seven, a penultimate episode. Uh, Players episode six, and Miss Marvel episode five. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but we're gonna hop into Stranger Things first. Holy shit. Just holy shit. Oh, Stranger Things. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to read a breakdown of episode eight or chapter eight. It was called Papa. Um, As we as as everyone who has watched the show will remember, episode seven ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, Vecna had Nancy in his clutches, and that's when we got the reveal that he was. Henry slash one, um, which I thought was a cool little running gag between uh, Robin and Steve. Uh, every time they would mention Vecna slash Henry slash one, that's what they would say, uh, which was funny. Um, we see Vecna showing Nancy a vision of the future where Hawkins is torn apart by rifts releasing and then release before releasing her so she could tell the others what was coming. She tells everybody what's going to happen. They determine that Vecna needs four gates to enact his plan. Max offers to lure Vecna so the others can attack him while he's distracted. Meanwhile, in Utah, Eleven, using her powers, learns of this plan. She gets Owens to arrange transit to Hawkins, but Brenner, upset that Eleven wants to leave, basically takes Owens into custody and traps Eleven, insisting that she must complete her training, that she's not ready. Uh, Eleven realizes that Brenner's been using her for years just to try to recover Henry from the upside down and not just uncover Soviet secrets, as Brenner had always claimed. Uh, At this time, Colonel Sullivan and his forces arrive on the site, and they pretty much kill everybody in the base. Brenner's fleeing with Eleven, but he is shot and killed himself. Eleven takes out the uh, convoy and the helicopter just as Mike 
and Will and Jonathan and Argyle show up in Argyle's pizza van. Um, she refu- she has one last moment with Brenner, refusing to forgive him. He dies. Um, and, ha- and, and in Russia, Hopper, Joyce, Murray, Yuri, and um, Enzo, which they call him Antonov, um, they escaped the base after discovering several more creatures from the upside down have been kept alive under study at the prison and they found what they perceived as another gate. Um, that's pretty much episode eight. Yeah. Set up for the big finale, the movie. Uh, which, which was episode nine and it was two hours and 20 minutes long. Um, it was longer than some movies I watched. Yeah, yeah. And episode eight was like an hour and 40 minutes. I mean, yeah. it wasn't short by any means. It was it a was total like, of four hours. because I remember Four hours runtime between the two episodes, yeah. I remember doing the math, and I was talking to my mom about it, because we, we watched it on um, on the first, but we were trying to figure out when, what time of the day. And uh, we were going to start it in the afternoon when I had taken my dad to dialysis and then come home. But uh, something came up, and I, I had to take care of that, so we didn't have time to watch yeah. the first episode, the episodes, episode uh, eight. Yeah. And um, so I said, well, why don't we watch it tonight? We'll start it at 8 o'clock, and we'll be done by midnight. And sure, sure enough, that was the case. Oh, yeah. I know Misty and I woke up at, like, 6.45 Friday morning. She put on coffee, and we started watching it as soon as we got our coffee, and we finished up about 11 a.m., Whew. So, yeah, that was episode eight. Uh, well, chapter eight. Chapter nine is called The Piggyback. Um, basically, this is everybody's plans going into effect. You see Max and Lucas and his sister Erica go to the Creel house. You see Steve, Nancy, and Robin, Dustin, and Eddie go into the Upside Down. Uh, Dustin and Eddie are basically a diversion because Eddie has this line. He's like, look at us. We don't look like heroes, do we? We're not heroes. Uh, They're going to be a diversion to keep all the demo bats away from Steve and Nancy and Robin. So Steve and Nancy and Robin can get into the house in the upside down and attack Vecna when he's vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, Eleven... Mike, Will, Jonathan, and Argyle create an isolation tank, a sensory deprivation tank, in the back of one of the pizza places uh, that Argyle happens to work for. My favorite shot about that, by the way, was when they were setting up all the stuff. Everything was everybody was doing something, um, and it kept cutting. Like, but it was a super epic, epically shot with epic music. But it kept cutting to Argyle making a pizza. Yeah, killing me. Yeah, pineapple and jalapeno. <laughs> Which is not a bad combination. It's not one that I want to eat, though. So, No, no. Um, but they're creating a sensory deprivation tank so Eleven can enter Max's mind to help her fight Vecna. Um, so all this is going on, and it's cutting from party to party to party. We see... An awesome guitar solo of 
Eddie on top of his fucking trailer in the Upside Down playing Master of Puppets by Metallica to draw the bats away from the house to he and Dustin. And they fortified the house and or the trailer. They fortify it. They're inside. The bats work their way in. Eddie realizes, oh shit, these bats will kill us both if I don't draw them away. And he draws them away to save Dustin and essentially sacrifices himself to keep the bats away. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew Eddie wasn't going to make it, but it still sucked to see, but he did go out in a cool way. Yeah, I was like, I was like, they telegraphed that he was going to die uh, pretty early on. Um, there was a line that he says, "Oh, it's when they're making the weapons." Is what it was. Is when I was like, "Oh, that was confirmation for me." <laughs> oh, when he when he grabs Dustin by the head and is like forehead to forehead to him, he's like, "Never change, Dustin." Yeah, Peterson. like he was like he was like, "If something happens to me, you got to control the Hellfire Club." And I'm like, "Oh, you've got to look out for him." Yeah. Know. And that's what he was repeating as he was dying in Dustin's arms. He's like, you've got to look out for him. Promise me you'll look out for him. And Dustin's in tears. He's like, I'll look out for him. I promise. Yeah. Uh, it was rough. Yeah. Eddie was a good character. Good, strong they character. Always, they always have, every season, they have an amazing character that we all fall in love with that dies. Every season. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think people forget this because they were just, like, angry that Eddie dies. I'm like, guys... <laughs> It's Stranger Things. A couple characters are going to die, especially a newly beloved introduced character. Calm down. Yeah. Bob Newby, superhero. Uh, the guy that owned the... Um, Benny the, like, from Benny's Burgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, Justice for Barb. I was like, fuck you, Justice for Benny. He, was, <laughs> he had a good heart, and he was trying to look out for her and do the right thing, and he got gunned down in cold blood and just because was a- he saw too much. The, the Russian guy in season three. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name off the top of my Yuri, head. but I think that's right. No, Yuri's the Re- the Russian guy in this Right. I'll Alexi. Look it up. Alexi. Alexi. That you got it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just that it's the Stranger Things motif, dude. Like, there are the main characters that will, ha- will stay alive because their story is not told yet. And, uh, you know, Stranger Things is is a drama but it has a lot of heart and comedy and like the way that it's narratively played out if they started killing off characters that we've known from multiple seasons it would it wouldn't be entertaining yeah there's no other way to word that like i know that millie bobby brown was like oh they need to start killing off a bunch of characters and then the duffer brothers came out publicly were like that's not how you tell stories they said this (laughs) isn't westeros yeah this is hawkins um, I was like, that's brilliant. Speaking of, though, um, when Eleven shows up to fight Vecna alongside Max, they go back and forth for a few minutes, and then Vecna overpowers her. Uh, he reveals to Eleven he's controlled the Upside Down and acted as its hive mind ever since she sent him there. Um, while this is happening, Eleven, because she is in basically another plane, another realm of existence, uh, her body's in the sensory deprivation tank. She's, uh, 
convulsing and having a violent reaction to the psychic backlash of her battle and confrontation with Vecna. Um, while this is going on, it harkens back to a conversation because Mike was talking about how he felt useless. And Will says, you're the heart of the party. We're always going to follow you because you won't steer us the wrong way. You're the heart. Be the heart. And he realizes and he professes his love for Eleven and she can hear him. Uh, gives her the strength to escape Vecna, break his control. But while this is happening, Max gets fucked up. Max gets fucked up bad. Um, Vecna ba basically breaks all the bones and you know all the bones in her legs and her arms, and is about to land the killing blow when Eleven actually does uh, break free and starts fighting him and while this is going on lucas is trying to get to uh max's suspended body to play the kate bush song for her. unfortunately jason comes in and he's like you're going to stop this shit you know you guys are responsible for all of this just completely irrational, won't listen to reason, even when he's seeing stuff happen before his eyes, he just refuses to believe what Lucas is saying. He and Lucas fight, the Walkman gets destroyed, and then, you know, Lucas is just devastated, and he watches in absolute horror as Max is basically dying. And yeah. she does die. She does die in Lucas's arms. She says, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go. She's like, I can't see anything. I can't feel anything. I'm not ready to go. And then she dies. Yep. Um, in Russia, we see Hopper, Joyce, and Murray re-enter the prison. They kill the Demogorgons and Demodogs, further weakening Vecna. Uh, Steve, Nancy, and Robin set his physical form on fire and shoot him multiple times with a sawed-off shotgun. My mom kept yelling, aim for the head, aim for the fucking head. And I'm like, I'm like I agree. <laughs> uh, basically, Eleven looks at Max, and she's like, no, you're not going yet. And it resurrects her, but not before Vecna's gates start to open and just start tearing rifts throughout Hawkins and converging in a central point. Uh, from four different uh, point from four different gates, and then it cuts away to the town two days later. They're recovering from what's being called an earthquake, but everybody finally reunites. Max is in a coma and essentially brain dead, blind, and just about every bone in their body broken. But Will senses that Vecna is still alive. Uh, and the upside down begins to infiltrate the town. But we see this wonderful touching moment. Hopper and Eleven finally reuniting after being apart. She thought he was dead. And she's like, I never stopped believing. I never stopped believing. And I, I left my door three inches. Yeah. Yeah. I left the door open three inches, just like you said. Oh, uh, it was it was so sweet. It was. But yeah. That's, you know, everybody had a little come together moment and then they all walk up to the top of the hillside and look down on the town from Humphrey's cabin 
you know, from a ridge uh, near his cabin, and you see just all this devastation and everything. And it's just like, fuck, what are they going to do? How is this going to play out? Because Vecna's yeah. still out there. Yep. Vecna's not, still out there. And I had a thought, and apparently I wasn't the only one. There's a lot of people that seem to think Vecna is the father of Eleven. Mm, how, how? I guess, like... In, well, there's a timeline, and I pulled it up and I looked at it. When Henry Creel first used his powers to kill his sister and his mother before falling into the coma, uh, he was 12 years old. That was in 1957, 8, something like that. It's, it's less about the timeline. That's not my issue. The timeline makes sense. I'll, you don't have to explain okay. that. My issue is when would he have been able to do that? Well, here's the thing. There's a conversation that he has with Eleven. When, uh, and, it, and it was earlier in the season. I don't remember what episode that it was. There's a conversation he has with her. He's like talking about how Papa performed experiments and he gathered more kids and then soon others were born. I think he took DNA from Henry, impregnated Terry Ives without her being aware of it. Okay, that makes sense. And Eleven is the product of Henry's DNA. Because he always had a special interest in her, and he kept saying, he knows your potential. He knows you're more powerful than the others. You and I are luck. Those things, I think, have foreshadowed that it's going to be the Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker reveal in Season 5. That's what I'm thinking. It could be. Uh, I mean, I guess my other issue is, like, to what degree would that be beneficial to the overall plot? That's the thing. I don't think that it would be other than just cause more trauma and anguish for her and, and you know, add more drama to it. But either way... I know that Duffer Brothers said in an interview here recently that um, Will is going to take a major part in the final story, so... Yeah. I don't know to what degree that means, but... I don't know, but I know they're going to... St- Start getting back to right out the final season next month. Um, yeah. You know, they know where the story is going. They have an ending. They know how the roundabout way they're going to get there. They just got to bang out all the details, and that's going to happen starting in just a couple of weeks. Right. But, you know, it's probably going to be another year and a half, two years before we get. It'll be sometime in 2024 when we get season five, which is unfortunate, but hey. When you have to write a season and you don't get to start writing it until after a season and you have such a large ensemble cast that has other projects that they work on in between seasons, you know, it's going to take a little time. Yeah, but, of course. I mean, even but if it don't takes- get angry because, look, we just waited a little over two years for this past season and we got delivered the best shit that they've done yet. Whew. They always they always amp it up. They always make it 
like better than the last. And I know the Duffer brothers are going to be extremely busy after the Devil Stranger things. Um, we know that the next season is the last season, so they're going to make it the best, which is why y'all should be patient for it. Um, but the other thing about it that I think you got to keep in mind is they're starting their own studio called the Upside Down Productions. Nice. Or upside, or upside Down Productions, something like that. And they're going to do a spinoff Stranger Things. I don't I don't know for what, but there's going to be a spinoff show. So... Like they're busy. Be patient. You'll get good content when it comes out. Your patience will be rewarded. But no, I, I fucking I absolutely loved these last two episodes. Um the season was overall fucking amazing. Uh I really, really enjoyed or at least I appreciated the level of commitment they took to character development. Mm-hmm. Instead of just kind of telling quick stories with, you know, plot points, they cared about the character's path through the story. And uh, a lot of tennis shows, you know, take that kind of commitment. So I personally am a big fan of them going to that extent. Uh like everybody got a little bit of time to develop their character. Everybody. Yeah. And like for the people that are mad at Mike for not noticing that Will's upset, you are all forgetting what it's like to be a fucking teenager, especially a teenager with other shit on his mind. And one that's hyper focused on, you know, what's directly affecting him. Right. Like Mike is gonna be selfish. He's gonna make stupid fucking choices. Like we all did. But yeah, I mean, that all but confirmed that Will is totally in love with Mike. Yeah. I mean, and Jonathan picked up on it immediately, which I think Jonathan already knew. But that was a great moment that Jonathan and Will had together when they were preparing the sensory deprivation tank in the back of the pizza kitchen. Yeah. That conversation they had was great. What was so funny about them having that conversation, funny as an odd, was I fully expected Will to be like, I'm gay. And then Jonathan, I like, thought he him. was, I thought he was going to say it. I did. But I appreciate that he didn't. And, and I'll explain why. It wouldn't have really made sense in that scene for Will to say that. Because Will is still hiding it. Mm-hmm. He's still hidden it this entire time. And when I say like, still, like, it would have only been Jonathan that knows. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been odd in that moment for a teenage boy to just be like, I'm gay. Yeah. So the fact that he didn't say anything, but he knows Jonathan's there when he does come out of the closet, that's important. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, let's, let's move on to the next thing. Let's wrap this up move on. Um, I'm gonna give like I'm just gonna give the whole season a fucking A plus. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the exact same thing. There wasn't a bad episode. They were all fucking stellar. Yeah. The use of music has been incredible. Incredible. Uh, oh god. I, they've always used music well in the series, but this season they fucking turned it up to eleven. And 
I mean, look at the resurgence that Kate Bush has had. Oh, and speaking of that, uh, uh, the kid who plays Dustin, um, Galen, Galen Matarazza. Okay. Uh, I'll just say Galen. Um, he was on uh, uh, the the daily or the uh, Tonight Show with uh, yeah. Tonight I saw Show. that. I yeah. saw that. He was talking about how he's happy that that song is popular because it it relieves him of uh, never any story. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. He had a lot of them on last week. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like the show's so fucking high profile that I guarantee you they had them lined up like last year oh probably um i know uh this is there was a report released yesterday this is netflix's first english primary english speaking series that has broken over one billion view time minutes season four has which is just phenomenal I'm not like surprised. Um, we've said it time and time again that this is Netflix's golden child. Oh, absolutely! This is, this is the only show that has hit like because because Netflix, as we've stated before, develops shows and cancels them not based on viewership at the time. It's based on how many people they get back onto the sh- subscription service. So there are a handful of shows that have surpassed that mark that will always have a new season because they're that high profile and that popular. Uh, uh, Umbrella Academy has has hit that mark. Um, But Stranger Things is a different different breed entirely. Oh, yeah. Because, Because not only has it hit that mark, but it's surpassed that mark so much that if the Duffer brothers go, hey, we want to put something on your service, Netflix will do it for fucking free at this point. I mean, probably. I doubt it, but I'm just being facetious. But they're just, they've hit that mark to where like they don't have to, they wouldn't have to do much to get a show on Netflix. But um, yeah, I'm 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 very happy with this season. Very very happy. Everyone killed it. Everybody killed it. Like. There's a whole moment in the show. I don't remember what episode it was, but where Hopper is telling uh, the guy that was trying to help him break out um, that he's he's the problem, that he's the one that gets people killed, that he's the one that makes the poor choices that gets them hurt. And it was a it was a, it was a very touching moment because Hopper needed to realize that that wasn't the case. He needed to realize that he he that that's that him being unlucky has nothing to do with the overall picture when it comes to the people he cares about. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I just loved it, like from front to back. Fucking, uh, um, Sadie, the girl who plays Max, her scene in front of. The fucking uh, tombstone before Vecna tries to take her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. And then when she's actually confessing her real thoughts and feelings and... Yeah, that, well, yeah. that was... Whew. Loved it. Absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah, she crushed it this year. 
I fucking was in tears when when Dustin was telling uh, uh, Eddie's dad. Oh, his uncle. Oh, it was his uncle? I thought it was his dad. Yeah, when he was yeah, telling his, his uncle, uncle that about Eddie's death. I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah. He was like, I wish everybody had gotten to know him, what he was really like. And that was just... It was touching. It was... It was touching, and it was definitely rough. It was definitely like, if it didn't make you cry, you're a robot inside. This is how it is. Well, why don't we go ahead and move on? Uh, so we'll talk about The Boys, Episode 7. Yeah. Um, so this one was titled, Here Comes a Candle to Light You to Bed. And one, we see something interesting told through flashbacks, but not so much like an actual filmed flashback. But Black Noir has a hideout in an old Chuck E. Cheese-like establishment. I can't but remember. Fun small was... fact about that before we continue. There's a fake in-universe Twitter account called Vought Industries. Vought, I think it's Vought Industries. Um, right before this episode, they put out an, a, uh, an obligatory ad for that pizza place. Oh, that's characters. awesome. Um, Vought International is the, is the name of the page. And, uh, um, so I had seen it. Oh yeah, there it yeah, is. If you're, if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Buster Beaver's Pizza, yeah. Give it a second. So, okay, that's enough. Thank you. Uh, if you go to the website that that provides at the end, uh, mm -hmm. you're taken. You're taken just straight to the fucking uh, prime like page for the boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they they just bought it. it was, you know, it's, it is what it is. But uh, the the tweet is actually it's a retweet by Vought International from the official fake in universe Black Noir Twitter account. Um, to which it just says, scheduled tweet, please excuse the awkward timing. Considering what had happened with uh, Starlight at the end of uh, Herogasm. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I just want to point out, before we continue talking about the boys, y'all should go, if you watch the boys, you should go follow this Twitter account. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, but it is from entirely the perspective of a of a conglomerate like Vought trying to sweep things under the rug, and it's awesome. Uh, on July fourth, they tweeted out a picture of um, of uh, Homelander standing in front of some military stuff, and it says, "It's our patriotic duty to uh, trust those who can get the job done, and there's no one better at defending American values than Homelander." Don't listen to the uh, anarchist and the lamestream media. This country is prospering. Happy Independence Day and thank you, Homelander. 
that that was a pretty fucking cool tweet. It's it's hilarious because it's exactly what you'd expect from a company like Bot. Yeah. Um, but to to further like this, they've gone through and made an entire fucking like segment called Deep Thoughts with the Deep. Him trying <laughs> to sell his book. And I went and looked, and if you go to if you go to fucking Audible, the book is real. It's about an hour long, but it's real. Wow. Uh, they made full songs of License to Drive, uh, Chimps Don't Cry. Uh, um, there's a there's an actual full trailer you can watch with fucking uh, Not Without My Dolphin, the fake Lifetime movie. <laughs> uh, like it it goes on and on and on, and they just they're, they're, their commitment to a fucking joke is just immaculate. But it also it also furthers like. They have a whole like professional statement about uh, uh, Starlight slash uh, Annie January's accusations. Accusations. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. But yeah, so sorry. I wanted to mention that because, well, you need to know about it. <laughs> well, what's what's cool about the noir using his hideout after he moved his tracker chip? Uh, using this this abandoned pizza place as his hideout is all of the characters, the mascots for this pizza restaurant. He sees them as like cartoon form. They're there talking to him. Yeah. And whatever damage he took in the flashback episode, like has fucked his brain up bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and see, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm just, you know, because before earlier in like season two, I was wanting to know more about Black Noir. So I Googled Black Noir. His origin is completely different in the comics. Yeah, I thought it would be. In the comics, he's a Homelander clone who was created to keep Homelander in check. Oh, shit. Well, I think they might have changed things because I know that uh, I know that uh, uh, Soldier Boy is also different for the comic than this. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, it's revealed that Noir was the one that traded Soldier Boy to the Russians on Edgar's behalf, with the help of the uh, rest of Team Payback, who resented Soldier Boy for his very abusive behavior. Uh, we see A Train. Uh, in the hospital, he is revived after receiving a heart transplant from a racist, Blue Hawk. Um, and wild. I that was not expecting that in any way, shape, or form. No, no. Um, uh, we see Butcher Huey and Soldier Boy look for the payback member Mindstorm. Uh, who basically, if he makes direct eye contact you, he can put you in a mind fuck, uh, trapping you in your worst nightmares and memories. And we see young Butcher and his brother Lenny and the horrible tragedy that befell Lenny. And we see the awful abusive relationship from Butcher's father, and Which psychologically explains Butcher's entire fucking character. Yeah. 
it was awesome to see, but it was also painful to see. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, that was rough. Um, Huey convinces Mindstorm to free Butcher in exchange for his freedom. Soldier Boy, he's like, no, nah, fuck this. This guy's got to die. And before he's getting ready to kill him, Mindstorm tells Soldier Boy something that we have no idea what, but it enraged him to such a degree that he pretty much destroyed his head with his shield. Yeah. Yeah. He caved his entire fucking head in. Yeah. Uh, we see Annie. Uh, she infiltrates uh, Vought to steal some Compound V for Kamiko. Uh, she discovered that V24 will kill users after three to five doses of it. Uh, Homelander finds her there and confronts her regarding her live stream. And he starts threatening her. And she holds her phone up that basically she was live streaming his confession of his crimes and posted on social media. We see Frenchie inject compound V that Annie got uh, into Kimiko and she got her powers back and her injuries were all restored. Uh, Annie informs Butcher of V24's risks, but Butcher chooses to withhold its information from Huey. But the big reveal, Soldier Boy calls up Homelander at the end of the episode and reveals that well, I jerked off into a test tube one time, and you're my boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a hashtag going on before the se- before the episode started, and it was um, uh, the boys strike back. There was the hashtag. Nobody understood it until the episode aired. Damn. I was like, that's clever. That's fucking clever. So next week is the finale, and holy shit, have they set up a hell of a finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a line. I'm trying to remember exactly how it said. So I'm watching the episode right now on mute while we talk about it, just to get the line off the subtitles. Um, but uh, um. The, the, the thing about this show that I find to be so fucking fascinating is how absolutely dark and satirical it is while also being one of the fucking funniest things on TV. Like, I laugh a lot during the show. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's all three seasons. Like, it gets gruesome. Absolutely. The, which is why everybody was like, oh, my God, hero gas. I'm like really it wasn't that bad compared to some of the shit we've seen already in this show it was comic is worse way worse that's why people were hyping it up because people knew the comic and they knew what was coming or they say thought i thought i knew it was coming poor mm didn't know throwing ropes <laughs> um what's that line Hold on, here it is. Here it is. Okay, it's it's from um, uh, Paul Reiser's character. Take nuts for it? I believe so. At least he did. It smells like sex and Ben Gay. Prescription. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking, my I was watching this with my folks, and like we we're just kind of like, oh, that's what those are two naked old women. That's uh, whatever. And it smells like sex and Ben Gay. Fucking, oh, it just caught us completely off guard. 
Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, like I I am so fascinated with the end of the season because Butcher has sacrificed Huey's life straight up by not telling him. Him sacrificing his own life is fine, but him being a piece of shit like that, like it's it's always fascinating to me, Butcher's character. Because we just saw his background. We just saw what he went through in life. But then he does it again. He makes the same mistake again. That's yep. wild. So. Um, yeah, and then, like, what what's going to happen to Soldier Boy and Homelander now? Like, are they going to become a team? Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is next? What the fuck? The show always surprises me, which is I, I love. I love that I'm never, I'm never on the same page as the show until it shows it to me. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna give the episode a fucking A. Like, I don't think that there was anything necessarily wrong with it. I don't think it was perfect. No, no, but it was it was very good. Um you know, in a big reveal, a couple of big reveals, really. Uh, but, yeah, it was very, very enjoyable. Uh, but I also would say an A. I wouldn't say it was perfect by any stretch, but it does have me excited for the finale, uh, which we can be watching in about 24 hours. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. Oh boy, so good, so much fun. Well, why don't we go ahead and move on to the next thing? We are burning through time today. Um, uh, players episode six, arguably the funniest episode so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, you know, uh, Team Fugitive is up for sale. Not up for sale. The owner was fired and their future was in doubt. They have no idea what's going to happen. So it's like there's a venture capital group called Blueing Capital that's rumored to be buying them. Everybody's worried they're going to make sweeping changes to the team. Uh, April instead uh, favors a young gaming, fugitive gaming super fan who came into money after the unexpected death of her parents and they're you know, trying to court her to buy the team because they know she'll keep things or they believe she'll keep things the way they want to be kept. Uh, this one focuses a lot on, uh, what's his name, Fortnite? Uh, Nightfall. Nightfall, Nightfall, Fortnite. <laughs> Oops. Fortnite fans listen to this show. So this one focuses a lot on Nightfall. Uh, I like how it showcases one team member each episode yeah, and the interactions around them. It's pretty cool. I also want to point out the thing about this show that I really like is that Nightfall is a jungler when it comes to MOBA, a Mm MOBA-style game, which is what League of Legends is. And that is definitely terminology that will go over people's heads who don't know League of Legends at all. Yeah. Um, But they don't hearken too much on it as much as, like, if you'd never played basketball and you watch a basketball documentary and someone's like, he's the best point guard in the league, 
you wouldn't know what a point guard is or what position they play, but you know that he's a good point guard. So I like how the show is like, you know that Nightfall's a good jungler, regardless of your knowledge on it. So yeah, yeah. Kudos, kudos to the writing on that part. Oh yeah. Um well, one of the things that we see in this is we see the pr- the prospective buyer of the team. Uh, she brings her uh, financial consultant with her There's because a line. I guess where she's in, you know in a trust fund. Yeah, and her parents it, died. Yeah, it was. yeah, they have to approve any spending, any major lavish spending. So she wants this guy to see what it's all about thinking that's going to convince him to allow her to buy the team. Fucking, I had a good laugh at Organism's, Organism's brother telling him, like, hey, man, these guys fuck. Like, they actually have sex. Yeah. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Oh, fuck, I had a good laugh at that one. He's like, I didn't uh, believe it either, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something that we actually saw. We saw this... Um, there's been a rift between organism and cream cheese the entire series so far organism wants to do things that he would do as a solo queue player that don't work in the team environment. And he's right. been getting flack, especially from cream cheese for his play style for not listening. We actually see him listen to cream cheese this time and it worked and they beat, what was it? Cloud nine. Was it Cloud9 yeah, that they beat? A, which is a huge fucking, thing. Yeah, Cloud9 has a bunch of different teams in different esports. Um, and they win pretty fucking consistently. Like, I've watched them in Rocket League. I've watched them in uh, uh, fucking um, Overwatch. They're good. They're very good. Oh, yeah, they're like a top four team in everything they do. Yeah. They had a massive team, by the way, for fucking uh, Battle, when Battlefield... Four, I think it was four, had their big tournament where it was, you know, it's it's, it's 64 players. 64 players. players. So they had a 32-man team, and they won. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me. Cloud9 is insane. So the fact that, like, in this particular thing, they beat Cloud9, I was like, that's big. But you wouldn't know that watching this show. I have to say, like, they kind of hint at it that it's a big deal, but they don't make it a big deal. Because they focus on the characters, they focus on the players, which is the point of the show. So, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. oh, that, I mean, there wasn't much more I was going to say about this episode. I mean, these episodes are only like twenty-five minutes long. Yeah, they're super uh, short. They're super short, super digestible, but very entertaining. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, and you know, I don't know how many episodes there are in this season. Uh, I can try to find out. It's probably it's either it's going 10. to be eight or ten. I think it's ten. Because if it's eight, oh, this was episode six. Yeah, this was more. episode six. Ten. Ten episodes total. Okay. That makes more sense. So we've gotten to the point where they're finally coming together as a team. And, you know, seeing the Kyle give that speech, it's like, the way you guys played out there, that's how I want to see you play from here on out. Because when you guys play like that, I don't believe there's anybody on the planet that can beat you guys. And, you know, really getting them fired up. And then the whole running gag. Can you get me a water? Oh, is your temperature okay? (laughs) Well, the other thing that made me laugh at this episode a fucking ton was Nightfall's whole, like, STD story. 
and how yeah. it, was a, it was a piece of toilet paper because he doesn't wash his dick. Fuck, dude, I was cracking up at that. It was so funny. And he comes yes. back a different man. I'm like, <laughs> so good. So fucking funny. Or calling oh, him God. fucking human celery was, was, I've never heard that. It is, it's so fucking good. Yeah, this was this was the funniest episode by far. I probably laughed more this episode than any other episode. But the th- the other thing, like this episode, did it perfectly, where it was like you wanted the best for the team. You gave a fuck about these characters now, and yeah. up to this point, and also they nailed the fucking jokes. I was just like, oh, this was this like episode six was worth the wait. Yeah, yeah, this is really good build up up to it. I'm excited for the rest of the season. Really excited. I'm glad we stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's great is it's a bunch of relative unknowns and and mixed in with, you know, known esports personalities. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's well done. And definitely give it a check it out. It, it's it's worth it. I'd give this episode, you know, probably give this episode an A. I go A+. Plus. I don't think there's anything I didn't like about this episode, honestly. Awesome. Yeah. I. Uh, the other episodes get an A. This one gets an A+. Plus. Well, there's not much more we can say about it without spoiling the absolute dog shit out of it, which... Yeah, I was going to say I was gonna say that I... Uh, um, uh, God damn it. There was a thought I had, and now it's just gone. Cool. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to Miss Marvel. Yeah, the last thing we want to talk about today, time and again, episode five of Mrs. Marvel. And I have to say, this episode was shorter than the other episodes we've gotten. And it progressed very quickly in certain things. And as a result, it felt a little disjointed at the end. Little, I, I mean, I get where you're coming with that. Um, I think the problem is that it didn't do a very good job at letting us know how much time had passed and elapsed. Yeah, it just kind of threw us into it, so that was jarring for sure. Yeah. Um. It starts off. It, it's all flashback. We see. Uh, it starts out being set in 1942 India. Um, we see Asha fleeing from assailants, take refuge in a village and, um, Hassan, uh, Hassan, an Indian independence activist offers her food and shelter. They fall in love and have a child, Sana, which if you recall, that's the grandmother of Kamala Khan. Yep. Uh, so the British Raj uh, historical backstory here the British Raj was the ruler of the British crown on the Indian subcontinent uh, they lasted from 1858 to 1947 so this is going to span from 42 to 47 it would have been a lot better had they put up what year it was and just flash what year it was the several times we see because we see them fall in love then we see she's pregnant 
then we see they have a newborn, then we see they have a toddler, then we see they have a young child who is probably four or five years old in age. So my dad and I talked about the historical time period, and we landed on 1942. But Well, it actually says 1942 at the very beginning. And then it probably happened all in the same year. I mean... Uh, no, it didn't happen all in the same year. It progressed over a span of five years because partition actually. You took don't place know if she aged really quick. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. The first half all happened in the same year. The 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 last half or the last part before they got to the train. Yeah, that went fast. <sighs> Probably like fucking five years later, maybe. I couldn't tell how old um, Kamala's grandmother was in that shot. So. Well, probably four or five at least, uh, but no older than five. Um, but you know, I'm I'm saying it's forty-seven because that's when partition happened, and that's a big focal point of this. Is basically, uh, it shows them leaving uh, to the new nation of Pakistan, and basically Najma has tracked Aisha down, stabs her, says she'll find the bangle regardless. She'll find it without her. Uh, and she's left the bangle with Sana, who's just four or five years old, and her and Hassan are trying to get on the train to Pakistan, and it's the last train. Uh, all of a sudden, we see Kamala there, where she's done this like time jump when Namja... Um, stabbed the bangle with a knife at the end of episode four. So I don't know how that worked, but yeah, she's there. She's witnessing this chaotic night and ba basically Sana and is separated from her father in all the chaos and she's looking for her mother. She's clutching the bangle looking for her mother uh, in this sea of people and they just had you know, thousands of people on this at this train station. Yeah. It, was, it was just chaos. You know, families getting separated and ripped apart all because of, okay, well, Hindus are going to stay here. You Muslims got a GTFO. Uh, and that's, that's essentially, you know, what had to happen. Uh, with Kamala's family, they they had to go to Pakistan. Um, she finds herself able to interact with Aisha, who asked her to guide Sana back to her father. So she conjures a projection of stars stars that leads Sana to her father, and realizes that she was the one who had mysteriously reunited her grandmother and her great grandfather in the past. Uh, upon that realization, she returns to the present, and she finds that Najma's strike had. Uh, Opened up the veil of Noor, but anybody who tried to interact with it, it just destroyed them. Uh, Najma sacrifices herself to shut the veil, transferring her power to Kamran before dying. Uh, we see Sana and uh, Kamala's mother, Muniba, trap Kamala down and witnessed her daughter's powers. And Sana says, I've been trying to tell you all your life our family's magical. 
now you've seen it. Now you have the proof. And it's just like, all right, well, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and uh, then we see a flashback, or not a flashback, a cut, uh, cut back to the U.S. Uh, where we see Cameron go to Bruno for help and genuinely apologize, thinking, I thought your name was Brian. I am so sorry. That was pretty uh, funny. That was funny. Uh, but they had been, he had been tracked by a Department of Damage Control drone, and we see it fire a exploding projectile into the bottom of the market slash apartment building that Bruno lives above. And he's like, wait, you've got powers too? And then, boom, cuts to credits. Uh, so, yeah. Uh. Yeah, it was, you know, like, I'll say this. It was a good episode, and I'm glad we got the backstory to the Bengal and Kamala's family and, and, and all that jazz. And it was awesome. And I also love how the show is using real horrific history, much like The Watchmen did. And um, not The Watchmen, just Watchmen. And uh, uh, what's it called? Basically teaching people about these horrific events in history, like Tulsa and now the uh, mm-hmm. this situation in, in India. Um, because the history is, is brutal. History is fucked up. And I think if you're going to have people watch something that's popular and high profile, like a Marvel property, great place to do it. Yeah. Um, that being said, what I didn't like about this episode was it got rid of an, a villain entirely in this episode. In probably the most not unceremonious, but not, throwaway fashion. Yeah, very throwaway. Like she was such a cool villain. She was such a cool idea for a villain. And she was just like, You said two sentences to me that I've spent a century trying to fix. You're right. I die. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, I think that could have been done better. I 100% agree. Um, but uh, uh, other than that, it was fine. Um, I think it's cool that, like, Comron has powers now. Mm-hmm. Similar to, to Kamala's. Maybe we'll see where that goes. I don't know. Uh Damage control is like, I guess, the villain. So we'll see where that goes. But I'm excited for the finale. Not as excited as I was before this episode. Yeah. So. Like, I think the show had a hard focus where it wanted to kind of focus its attention. And I think focusing on Kamala was the smart choice. Focusing on her family history, not a bad choice. But it would have been nice if we saw Kamala watching it happen. Like, she learned the history because of the Bengal. Yeah, that would have been a cooler thing. Uh, Instead of just seeing it from our perspective, I would like to see her witnessing it, like you said. Uh, but, but like yeah. if it all happened within a second that's fine like it just blip up and she's back 
like she it happened as she was falling that's fine i i can like i can handle that but was it for the like watching that entire history was it for the benefit of the audience or was it benefit for kamala because kamala shows up and it almost as if she time traveled yeah so what why like did she get to see all that or was it just us it's very confusing I'm pretty sure it was just us. I think she only witnessed the brief interaction with her great-grandmother and her infant toddler grandmother. Uh, I think it was just that quick for her, which is unfortunate because I think it was a good story that could have been told much better. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'd give this episode a B. I am giving it a B as well. Which is, again, disappointing because I think I've given every episode an A. Yeah. Yeah, same. So. But. Well, that's that. That's it for everything. Like I said, um, next. Oh, no, I didn't say this. I haven't said this. We mentioned it. Anyway. uh, Next week, everybody, um, we are going to be reviewing Miss Marvel Season 1 finale, The Boys Season 3 finale, and the episode 4, episode 7 of of, of Players. We don't have anything else lined up. Um, we definitely don't have anything lined up for the following week, so that's going to be interesting. But it's also been a heavy fucking few weeks, like since July, since June first. It's just been like, yeah, yeah. So, and I've maybe, got a busy couple of weeks coming up too. So, yeah. So unless it's another show that we can watch week to week and not take it too much over time, then probably just the players and something else that we'll do some game or some shit. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe half of them. Um, with that being said, uh, uh, make sure you follow us on our socials, which are listed down below. We'll try to keep you updated. If we do add anything, which is a possibility, but we'll see. Um, check our Teespring store. If you're looking for some merch, summer is, is upon us right now. Days are hot. You can get a tank top. Um, but if you want a shirt or, I think they sell towels. I'll have to double check that, but um, you can still get like a you can get a you get a pint glass, which is great. So there's that, um, and all proceeds go directly into the podcast, which was a recent thing for us, um, upgrading or uh, not upgrading, but uh, repairing some uh, some mic equipment. Uh, if you want to watch the live feed of this video, which is just me mainly at this for this specific episode. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, which is listed down below. Um, and if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to uh, of all sorts, head over to the Nirvana podcast or Nirvana Network. Uh, a, a ton of shows over there with great people just talking about nerdy shit. It's 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 Nerdtopia over there. Uh, that link is also listed down below. That's it for my notes. Uh, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my full name, Maya Dawn Fisher, which is a public profile that also has my Instagram and Twitter accounts linked to them if you would like to follow me at either of those places. Your one-stop shop to follow on anything and everything I get up to online. Uh, if you want to catch me on another podcast, I do appear on a podcast called Figabangin' on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel that airs every other Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, no show this week. Got one next week, though, coming up. So tune into that if that's your thing. Uh, live action figure reviews, mainly Transformer based, but sometimes not. Uh, and we interact with the chat and answer questions and goof off and act like juveniles. And it's fun. 
Um, but yeah, that's everywhere where you can find me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, Chubb Rock Geek on all socials. Um, I also do solo reviews on uh, the YouTube channel from time to time, so you can check that out. Uh, but that's it for me. That's all I got going on. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, uh, Miss Marvel, Boys, and Players for next week. Uh, fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA. Uh, donate and help where you can. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.